Yeah. So for me, it's just feeling like super, super anxious in social situations to the point where sometimes it like prevents you from actually interacting with other people. I was a lot younger, like probably like in high school, I'd say like it was, it wasn't like horrible, but it was pretty bad. But I've, you know, throughout college and my adult life, I pretty much, you know, I've been able to talk myself through it and stuff. But yeah, sometimes when you're overseas and like those like social situations, it just like comes back and you're just like almost afraid to talk to people because you don't want to say the wrong thing or, you know, you just feel like a little bit more anxious. You're listening to Breaking the Ice Podcast, a podcast I created for wives and girlfriends of pro hockey players. My name's Devin Dodaro. I'm the wife of Charlie Dodaro. We have two dogs, a little boy Crosby, and a baby girl on the way. We spent eight months of the year living the hockey life in Europe, but we've also spent about five seasons in North America. I've been around the block, sometimes just for a cup of coffee, but I wanted to share the tools, resources, and what's helped me along the way while also learning every week from each and every one of you. In this podcast, we share tips, tricks, do's and don'ts for all things women, all things hockey, friendships, trades, long distance, moves, and life in general, so you don't feel so alone. So put your headphones in, go for a walk, and feel like you're sitting down with your best girlfriends. Oh, and make sure to follow the page on Instagram, Breaking the Ice Pod. Let's lace them up and tune in for a new episode every Wednesday. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Breaking the Ice. I am so happy you're here. There was no episode last week. I was trying to listen to my body and slow down a little bit. Life has been kind of crazy, and then we all got hit with some colds last week that took us all out. So I just didn't want to overdo it. And yeah, I was kind of listening to it as an opportunity to just slow down a little bit. So I appreciate you being patient with me and hopefully we can get back up and running here with weekly episodes. If you are listening to this on Wednesday, my online children's boutique just launched on Tuesday, September 13th. I'm so excited. If you know anyone in your life that has littles or you are shopping for someone, you can use the code ICE for 15% off your order. And you can head to saltkidsboutique.com or follow us on Instagram, saltkidsboutique. I am doing this with one of my best friends. We literally started this entire thing from the ground up having no clue what we're doing, but we learned along the way. We wanted to do something because we're passionate about our kids and we have so much fun styling them that we wanted to create something of our own. So we did just that and kind of dove in head first. So um, any support is amazing. I would love it if you would just give us a follow or if you have any friends that are looking to shop for their littles, just telling them about our shop. It just makes such a huge difference difference. So as I record this intro today, this morning we got woken up at like five o'clock in the morning to my dog puking and literally having diarrhea all over upstairs. So that was a really fun way to wake up. And if you are a dog owner, you know that nothing gets you out of bed faster than a dog throwing up (laughs) or pooping on your carpet. So yeah, what's one more thing to just throw in the mix? That's literally disgusting. And I am kind of a lost cause with helping with that right now because 
this pregnancy has been absolutely the most nauseating thing of my life. So I absolutely cannot clean that up. And that's not an excuse. So my husband had to like scrub the floors and get all of it out at like five in the morning. So hopefully that's behind us and we don't wake up to a ton of poop tomorrow. So fingers crossed for me. PSA, I am now scheduling out guests in advance for the podcast. So if you have been called to record an episode with me for Breaking the Ice, if you've been called to share your story, or maybe this little PSA right now is getting your mind going of, huh, maybe I would want to go on the podcast and just share about what I've gone through. Or if you want to just come on and have a conversation, those are honestly my favorite kind of episodes. I would love to chat with you. So you can fill out the little survey on my website. If you go to my website and click on be a guest, there's just a little submission form that you can fill out. And I am excited to connect with a bunch of new women this year. And I'm also trying to stay really organized with my recordings, just giving birth in the middle of a hockey season. Um, I'm definitely going to be doing a lot of batch recording in advance so that I don't have to take a large break from putting out episodes and I'll just kind of have them pre-scheduled. So again, if you're interested in being on the podcast, please fill out the guest submission on my website. I have chatted with people in the past over Instagram about doing this, but that definitely gets lost in my messages sometimes and I forget to write it down. So this is just the best way to keep me accountable and, you know, for me to be organized and keep track of potential guests. Today on the podcast, I had Anessa Smith join me, and Anessa and I have chatted for a couple of years over Instagram. We did an Instagram live together one time about things to pack overseas. That was last year, which I realized when I went back to try to find that video that it's for some reason is not working on my Instagram anymore. So that's kind of irrelevant information. I wish it was still on there. I don't know if Instagram changed their settings, if that's why it doesn't work anymore. Yeah, so this is not our first time chatting. And also, small world, but our husbands played junior hockey together in Nebraska when they were like 15 years old. So they are also located in the Pacific Northwest. They're in Spokane, Washington. So we just have so many like little connections. And her and her husband play in the Del Four in Germany. And they have two little boys that are two years apart, Danik and Levin. We chatted about a lot of different things in this episode. Anessa shared about what her hockey journey has looked like so far. And a few other things we talk about in this episode are how to really embrace the culture that you're in and leaning into it. This is something that I really admire about Anessa and her family is I feel like they really lean into the culture that they're in and they really want to share that experience with their kids and they really try to bring elements of the culture into their homes, which I think is really, really cool and admirable. She also gave birth to both of her boys in Germany. So we chat about that. We talk about the Kinder Krippes, which is like the little kindergarten slash daycare that they have in Germany and Austria. 
that's kind of what I can speak for because I have friends in Germany and we've been in Austria, so I know that's what there is. So I'm not sure how that is in other countries, but we chatted about that. And we also talked about social anxiety. So that's kind of a little clip from the intro that you heard and how that can play an effect and kind of be amplified when you're living in a different culture and overseas. You can read the show notes for a more detailed description of what we chatted about in this episode. But I hope you enjoy and have an amazing rest of your week. So super small world, though. So my neighbor across the street, I don't Mm -hmm. know if she follows you on Instagram or or she knows someone who you're friends with because she's from Washington. So it's like one of her friends from Spokane or something, but, um, we've gotten kind of close and she was like, yeah, like I actually know someone, um, last summer when we first went on like our first walk together, she's like, I actually know, well, kind of, she's like, I know like a, of a hockey wife on Instagram. She's like, I got to look at her name, but my friend knows her and she follows her. I think she was saying that you like share good, like fashion finds and stuff like that. And I'm like, I bet I know who it is because I don't do much of that. (laughs) (laughs) I, you know what you're, you have your hands full, but I, I always love all the stuff you share as I was like walking into this room. I was like to Charlie, you played with Jeff Smith, right. In Idaho. And he's like, no, we played like junior hockey together when we were 15 in Nebraska. I was like, what? I thought it was in Idaho. So I was like, totally wrong. Right. But anyway, so we've obviously chatted over Instagram for, gosh, a couple years now. And then we did a live video together. So you're just a familiar face, but I'm excited to just continue talking to you and have you on the podcast today. Oh, thank you. I'm excited. You listened to the podcast before. I usually just kind of ask people sometimes to give a little bit of backstory on your hockey journey and your story and what it's kind of looked like for you and a little bit about yourself as well. So yeah, well, so um, uh, my husband and I met in college, went to uh, Rochester Institute of Technology, RIT. I'm originally actually from New Jersey and Jeff's from Spokane. So I was in my senior year. We met at the, at the bar. Which I feel like so many people do. Me too. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I was like, he was a freshman. I was a senior, but like hockey families will understand. We're like 11 days apart, but like, obviously with junior hockey, he was not older for a freshman. So um, I ended up doing a fifth, a fifth year because I changed majors and we started dating and we've been together for about 13 years now. So, oh my goodness. Month, I think. Yeah. That's a long time. <laughs> And yeah. I didn't know you were from New Jersey. You don't have a New Jersey accent. Yeah, I'm from um, Southern New Jersey. So like not too far from Philadelphia. Okay. But I've lived, I actually went to boarding school for high school. And so did Jeff, just different places. Haven't lived in New Jersey for a while. Yeah. Okay. So you guys met in college. Yeah. And then where, tell everyone like a little bit about where hockey has taken you guys like around the world from college and to where you're right. at now. Um, so let's see, Jeff's senior year, I was, I was working like a regular job and he told me like, it's always been his dream to play in Europe, which I knew, but, um, I guess I wasn't like expecting (laughs) still. Um, so after his senior year, he was like, I, I signed in Denmark and kind of asked if I wanted to come and I like hard no right away. (laughs) 
um, why were you like absolutely not I'm not packing my life up and moving to Europe right well I at at that point I had never been to Europe before and um like I had a pretty good job and I don't know it didn't seem like the best idea at the time but uh I started warming up to it like he would play YouTube videos like of Denmark (laughs) really trying to sell it really trying to win you over (laughs) yeah so obviously eventually um I called my parents and kind of like talked to them about it. And they were, my mom was really supportive and was like, you should go for sure. Travel the world while you can. And so, yeah, we started off in Denmark outside of Copenhagen. Um, the next year, uh, my mom actually had cancer and passed away after that year. Um, so I didn't go with Jeff the next year in Sweden. And then we've been in Germany ever since that. So I think this is our eighth year in Germany. I'm, and I'm sorry about your mom. I know I've seen your post oh, yeah. about her and I, literally can't even imagine like having to go through that during hockey too. And I, and side note off on or off the record, I know a lot of people have lost family members while they're playing hockey. So if that's something you are open to talking about, um, let me know. Right. You can totally talk about it. Yeah. I'm definitely open to talking about it. It's been, it's been a while. So, so when you were in Denmark, did you find, did you already know that your mom had cancer when that happened or did you find that out while you were overseas and like how did that kind of change I guess you know your situation of like continuing to go with him during that time yeah so my mom um, was diagnosed I would before we went to Denmark so I think that's why she really wanted me to go so she um she's Korean she's Korean and like I don't know if you ever heard of like tiger moms like they're like really want you to do well in school get a job and so I thought she was going to be like lose her mind when I was talking about moving to Denmark, but like the fact that she was so supportive, I think, um, like one of her regrets in life, you know, you come to the end of your life when you have cancer sometimes. And her biggest regret was that she didn't travel more with the family and that she worked too hard. So I think she was like, please go and live this life. So, I mean, I I do wish I had come home for Christmas that year, but, um, we got married right after that year in Denmark. Um, so she got to come to my wedding. She saw my sister graduate from college and then she passed away in September. So we actually moved back to my parents' house at the end of August. So we got to spend that time with her, which was nice. Oh, good. I'm glad you said you spent a season back home after Denmark while she was yeah. going through like cancer treatments and stuff yeah, like that. So we stayed, yeah. Jeff was with me. He didn't sign until later that year. So I was in New Jersey until November and then we moved to Spokane. And so we were just getting settled into Spokane, living with Jeff's parents. And that's when, that's when he left. So I was like, this is, it's just too much for me to like, totally a lot that's happened. And so I decided to, to stay back that year and it was a small village. I knew I would not have done well there. No, 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 no. That would be really hard to be like far away and feeling like you, maybe you can't come home or, you know, it's, it's it's hard to just like pack up and fly home, like just for a quick weekend or something. But did you feel like that, like finding that information out, did you ever feel like you were kind of torn on whether you should go to be with your husband or to stay home? Or were you like pretty, this is my, this is like what I need to do right now. Like, did you feel really confident in that decision? Um, yeah, I, I talked to my mom, I would say like every day that summer <laughs> leading up to it. And she was just like, so positive about it. So for that, it made it like really easy for me. She was kind of like, if you're here, like, what are you what, like, I wouldn't be living in New Jersey. I'd probably be in, in Rochester working. So it's not like I would have been there either, but <laughs> do you have any advice for someone that's 
might have someone going through something like that or similar? I guess my only advice is like, enjoy the time you have and try and make the most of it. Take a lot of videos while you can, while a person's healthy. I mean, that's anybody, right? If your parent's sick or not, and try not to be sad until they're not with you anymore, because being, wasting that time being sad is kind of just wasting precious time you have, right? I love that. Well, thank you for for sharing that. Okay. I feel like we have so much to cover because you guys have been in the hockey life for so long and now you guys have two kids. You guys are living in Germany and something that I, I've said this to you already, but something I admire about you is I feel like you are really good at embracing the culture that you're in and really like, um, leaning into that experience for your kids. So I'd love for you to just kind of elaborate on kind of how you started doing that because I don't know if that came like naturally to you to do that or you kind of started researching or Jeff and I both are very like curious people and we've always been that way um since we've been over here we always try and research things to do in the area (laughs) uh... I just put an ice cube in my mouth I'm like that was the stupidest (laughs) idea I'm just gonna be like chomping on an ice cube okay sorry but yeah we've always been the kind of people to research stuff So actually having kids was kind of difficult for me because it was like, okay, how much can I do with a child? Like we're so used to like being spontaneous and going places when we can. But what I try and do is like, as soon as we sign somewhere, I find Instagram pages for that area, like right away. So I visit or I am, I follow all of the like regions pages right now where we live and they usually post, I mean, you'll see cool places on there, like different events that are happening. So you kind of can be like on the in a little bit and then I'll try and find like if there's an expat Facebook group or like a region Facebook group that's like private, I'll join that kind of like the the hockey wives group. And that kind of gives you like a little bit more insight into like things there are to do in the area. Try and make it work with kids. (laughs) I feel like it's really a skill though to do that because for me, it's very, very overwhelming to try to find things to do. I don't know why it is unless I hear from someone else on like oh this is going on tonight I feel like a deer in the headlights I'm like I never know anything that's going on which is right. probably smart to follow those kind of pages but I feel like unless I hear from someone else like the research element of finding something to do always like makes me feel really stressed out and I don't know why right it is a little bit overwhelming but and I'm the kind of person I need to be doing something or I get really stir crazy <laughs> yeah so um yeah, definitely helps. Or even just looking at like the local newspaper, sometimes they have stuff in there. Did you do that before kids as well? And then you just kind of kept going and you're like, this is like what I love to do. And I want to incorporate this element with my kids as well. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff and I are definitely, both of us are like this. Like we almost like to be tour guides, (laughs) if that makes sense. (laughs) Like we like to know the history of a place, especially where we're living. And so we kind of do seek out the information. Um, but yeah, I think that you do have to do a little bit more research with kids because you can't necessarily bring kids everywhere. So if you want to find something that's a little bit more kid-friendly, you kind of have to look into it more. And you had both of your kids in Germany, right? Yes. How was your birth experience? I actually had um, both were really great. They were both kind of like a little bit <laughs> uh, crazy circumstances leading up to the birth. But I think you, I think we talked about this over thing. Instagram. Yeah. The first time was like a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> Can you please like give us some, some deets on this? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out a way to say it. That doesn't take long, but 
yeah, so we had Jeff had signed with the team really late in the season. I think it was like December because I was pregnant and due during playoffs and the league that he usually plays in, they didn't want an import who would potentially miss playoff playoff games a few times anyway. This lower league team, they were like, hey, we have a great place for you. Same building as the owner. Like doctors are set up, hospital set up. Like it's, it's wonderful. So we're like, fine, let's just go. <laughs> you know, we always talked about having a baby in Germany. So we went there. Turns out the same building as the owner was his farm. And we lived, we're like the helpless, <laughs> like the farmhands. Stop. And it was like 30 minutes through like, um, they're called in Germany, Landestrasse. It's like a, a one-way like farm road that like swerved through the forest and stuff. There was no other way to get there, like to the town more directly. So, and we only had a manual car, so I couldn't leave. And there was like no phone service and the Wi-Fi was terrible. I'm so, literally having anxiety just listening oh, to this. Yeah, immediately <laughs> I was like, Jeff too. Usually he's like a little bit less, you know, high maintenance to me, but he's like, we can't live here. We can't live like on your, I mean, it was a nice farm, but <laughs> You're like, this is not what you like kind of, in, yeah. like what we were envisioning for this experience. Right. And like the only thing I picture is me going into labor and Jeff's like on a road game and I don't get service or like he's driving. It's like, I'm doing February, March. I'm like, he's driving down these like curvy roads and it's snowing or something. And we go off the road. Like, you know, you think of everything. I'm like, Side note. Do you think that yeah. teams when they're saying that, do you think that they're just saying that to like sell you so that you'll go there or oh for sure or do you feel like they genuinely believe like this is a great option for your seven month pregnant wife to well, give birth for this, the first time like it depends on the team but this team for sure because we got there and Jeff messaged you know you talk to the manager before you go over and Jeff messaged the guy he'd been talking to and and he was like, Hey, we can't live here. This is way too far. We're in a, on a farm. Like there's actually, there's actually a mouse living in our ceiling. And, <laughs> and the guy's like, Oh, I can't do anything. I'm just the marketing guy. <laughs> like, what? Oh my gosh. You're like, we need out now. And that's, yeah, that's it that. was just the whole situation. We ended up, um, long story short, but we ended up finding some fan like had it had a um apartment and let us stay there which was really nice it was actually a nicer place but we had to pay for half of it which at that point I didn't even care you know I was like right. I just want to be done with this totally and from then on it was like didn't think about like anything you know except having a baby and leaving well okay so like there's a lot of anxiety when you have your first baby I feel like right. I don't know about you but for the second it's kind of like hey I've been through this I'm not as stressed. I'm not as anxious about it. Like I kind of understand what I need to do and like how this works and operates, especially if you, there's a good chance you're having the baby in the same country. Right. But for the first, you, you literally do not know what's going to happen. You don't know you're anticipating like labor, like every possible, like the right. comfort situation, like everything. So when you're flying over there and this is where you show up and arrive, right? Like what, like, where did your mind go? Like, was, I mean, oh. I'm assuming it was really hard to like be positive. Right. Well, we tried to leave actually, um, and go to a different team, <laughs> but it was, didn't work out. And then I was like way too far along at that point to fly home. Like I flew over kind of at the last possible time. 
yeah, I was trying to be so calm through everything because I don't know, it's like, I have to be calm for the baby. And then, you know, my mom, I was talking about my mom passed away and I always felt like she, I always feel like she sends me daffodils. Like that's kind of the symbol that I always see, like when I feel like overwhelmed and I, I see them and I had gone, I was like panicking and I had gone into the grocery store in Germany. It was like January and there was like daffodils for sale, like randomly. And I just like felt like everything was going to be okay. And so I was able to calm down from that, but just got the chills. Yeah, it was wild. I was like, it, it was just like, it was an interesting experience. But after that, after we moved into the new place, like it was like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. And, got got settled. And then how was your birth experience in Germany? Um, it was actually great. We had um oh gosh, I was before COVID, the first one. So I got there and um it was all overall pretty calm. I had planned on doing kind of like a medication free birth. So I was like expecting to do that and pretty much I was like in late. Oh, actually. <laughs> Sorry, this is all coming back to me. No, I, Jeff I love it. I love left. Yeah, Jeff left for an away game. And I'd kind of been in, you know, I had Braxton Hicks leading up to it for days and he left and I was um, kind of texting him like, hey, they're kind of getting stronger, but I think you're good. I think it's fine. Cause you know, you don't want to be that person who's like trying to get your husband to come home for no reason. And it was playoffs. Um, and then he got to the rink just like three hours away. And I was like, Hey, I think you need to come home. <laughs> and, um, the team was supposed to actually have a car drive him home, like an emergency person who would drive there every game, but obviously they didn't just like keeping up with the theme of the season. <laughs> so one of the, <laughs> yeah, one of the players dads had gone to the game and just let Jeff borrow his car to drive home. Um, so he got home and we went right to the hospital. And I think I was like three centimeters dilated then. And then I had him the next morning, but. So were you in yeah. pain and that's kind of how you, it was starting to get like pretty intense. Yeah. It was like, they always say, um, like if you can't talk through your contractions, you should go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So the whole time I was just talking to my dog. <laughs> yeah. I, I could talk to her, but um, yeah. It's interesting. Cause like, I mean, for anyone that's a mom listening, like Braxton Hicks, I guess it's funny because after you've kind of gone through it, like there's obviously a huge difference between Braxton Hicks and contractions. Right. And I didn't have an epidural either. So like not ha- like not having one, I know the difference between the two, but like, right. I feel like if you didn't know, like if you didn't know the difference for like the first one, you could totally think those are contractions. Cause I mean, I had them my That's entire sure. pregnancy and this one too, but like towards the end, they got so intense where like, it kind of like took my breath away almost. Right. A couple days leading up, like it was kind of almost a sign. Like I was going to go into labor soon. Like my body started slowing down, but I going back to what you said about the team car, I feel like that's like, that should be like a non-negotiable, honestly, because with a lot of these teams in Europe, like they're busing anywhere from two to eight hours, like by bus. So it's slower. And like, especially if you're having a baby in like the winter to like spring, where it's kind of still snowy and like rainy slushy, like the bus is going slower. So it's like, you have to have like some sort of transportation for like emergencies and stuff like that. Were you early or on time or late? Uh, He was born one day early. Okay. So you're you're down to the wire. So you knew he was coming soon. Right. If it's like, you still don't know. Right. 
yeah some kids are like a week later I know I know I actually am wondering if do you know if in Europe you can ask to be induced I think so but I'm not sure if I think you have to have like a reason for it if that makes sense but I'm not sure you'd have to ask I kind of want to be induced just because all of I mean I was induced last time because my water was leaking but like all of the stress of like could he be on the road? Could he be right. in the middle? I'm like, I don't want to deal with that. I just want to know, yeah. like, I'm going in, I'm getting induced and right. Great. And then you have another <laughs> child too. So it's like, someone has to watch your child. Exactly. Yeah. So like, okay, so you have two kids. So what the heck did you guys do? Did you guys have family out there? Oh. Cause that's already on my mind. I'm like, what if this happens in the middle of the night and I don't have anyone to watch my son? Right. Well, our plan was not really a solid plan, but it was like peak COVID times. And uh, we kind of had thought about my mother-in-law flying out, but you just don't know when the baby's going to be born. And she could have flown out with like an exception with um, the birth, I guess. But we ended up, um, our plan was <laughs> um, one of Jeff's teammates was going to watch Danik when he went to the hospital. But if there was a game, then I guess I would just wait. We have friends who are an hour away in Regensburg. They were going to come and watch Danik. But you know, when you second baby, you don't know how fast the baby is coming or slow. So um, that was our plan. And I was like, if it's an emergency and Jeff's not here, like, I guess I just bring Danik to the hospital and be like, can you put him with the other kids? <laughs> I don't know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was very like, wow. hopefully this works out and that type of thing, like so much in our lifestyle. And you kind of had a, cause I remember we were talking about this, but you kind of had a crazy experience with your second too, just like the circumstances, right? Well, it wasn't too bad actually. Okay. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm getting them confused because with COVID, I thought yeah. there was something with COVID that there, it was like, or like you moved teams or something right before. Oh yeah, we did. We were on a different team and we moved again, like in my third trimester. So had to kind of figure all that stuff out. But thankfully that wasn't, that wasn't too, too bad. Yeah. How, how was the adjustment from one to two for you? Um, at first I'd say it wasn't, it wasn't that bad because your life's already like changed so much. So you're kind of used to that. Like the adjustment for, from zero to one for me was so hard because, you know, especially I think with, it's hard for everybody, but when you're traveling so much and don't really have a support system when you're overseas, it's a little bit more challenging, but yeah, zero to two wasn't too bad. Not until they both started. Zero to two, (laughs) one to two, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No. Oh my gosh. Could you imagine? Twins, they're saints. Oh, I know there's a, there's a couple of hockey people that have twins and mul- and more kids. I'm like, how do you do this? Like, I can't, yeah, I can't even imagine. Are they both in school this year? Uh, not right now. We want them to be, but we've had like a really hard time finding kindergartens here. It's funny. Cause I feel like I don't understand like how it works exactly with like mm-hmm. school, because like in Vienna last year, we could have put them in school at any time. And I don't know if it's because it's such a large city and there's so many, um, you know, kinders, but it's like, I could have put him in, in November. I could have, I, I wound up not doing it because he was still taking right. two naps up until like a halfway through the season. And I'm like, it's fine. Like he's, this right. works for me right now, but next year I'm definitely like, I want to put him in school, yeah. but I hear with so many teams, like girls will get out there and then they're like, oh yeah, there's no room in any schools. And I'm just like, 
how? Yeah, it's pretty wild. So um, we've never had a problem really. Danik's been in kindergarten the past two years, two seasons. But this town that we live in, there's no spots in the entire city at all. And then like, so it's like you have priority kind of like within your region of the city. So like okay. I can apply to somewhere across town if they have a space, they can't give it to me because I need it for their people but there's just like nothing. So we're looking at maybe going to a different city that's close by, but we have to be approved for that first. So it's like, is that something that you get in your contract school or is that something that you usually are like, I'm going to figure this out when I get there? Um, Usually we talk to the teams, we've never had in a contract, but we'll talk to them beforehand. And I think something communication wise just got, didn't line up this year. We thought it was figured out, but it wasn't. So now we're just kind of kind of waiting to hear, but it's all right so far. It's nice out, so I don't mind taking are, the kids to do stuff. Are you surviving? <laughs> yeah, it's been okay, thankfully. <laughs> so far, like, we'll see. For now, <laughs> ask yeah. me in a month, and I'll let you know again. <laughs> exactly. When the weather starts getting a little a little worse, then there's not as much to do. It gets more yeah. challenging. You guys obviously have a house in Spokane that you spend the off seasons in. Do you find that that's difficult to leave like the comfort of your home to go to these new cities every year? Because I feel like on the outside looking in, like you always just look like such a champ, like such a trooper, like going with the flow. But like, is that something that you have to kind of talk yourself up to do? Because I know it's a lot, you know, when you have children to add on to that as well. Right. Yeah, it's definitely gotten harder as as my kids have gotten older, like Danik especially is three and a half now. So um, for me personally, it's not that difficult, but it's hard like seeing like your kids missing some things and, you know, um, trying to find their people here, especially if they're not in school or something, that's definitely hard. At least I try and like find activities that he's excited about that kind of makes him excited to be here, you know? How do you find things like that for him to do? Well, he's like a, he's a big playground guy. So we just kind of look for that and just sort that sort of thing. Like he's been really excited about all the little festivals that we have in the area, just anything where he can interact with other kids really. Yeah. <laughs> like the third day he started making up an imaginary friend and I was like, all right, we need, yeah. <laughs> we need to get this we, kid out of the house. We need to meet some people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you guys have like a system when you're moving over to Europe or is it just kind of like chaos because like for us it's always chaotic I feel like I was just telling Charlie because we're gonna sign somewhere later we still don't know where we're going but it's like let's start chipping away at things we can like you know put away now or finish now so that when you do go and we do have like a week to get over there we're not doing like you know senseless things that we could have done a month ago because we're just procrastinating And we always, I try and do that every year. And I feel like I do a lot leading up to it, but then it's just chaos. And like, I feel like the last four days and then Jeff, he works hockey camps in the summer. So he's gone. It's always like, he's gone the week before we leave. And then he's home for like three days. So that just makes it harder. Cause then I have the kids and I'm trying to do this, but I mean, we make it work obviously, but it's, it's a little bit of a challenge. 
<laughs> yeah. It's- but I'm curious for myself because it's like, I don't live near any family. And I'm like, I'm going right. to like, it's just like, sometimes that's hard, like coordinating the schedules. Like I know like Charlie's super busy too. And it's like, okay, but then he's here and has to do a lot of the heavy lifting or packing or this or that. So then it's right, like, I feel like right now that makes it a lot harder too. Yeah. But yeah, I do find that trying to be organized in advance helps. And I think the first time we actually did that was this past season in Vienna. Like mm-hmm. we really like for a couple weeks before, like started chipping away at stuff we knew we had to do. And even though it was still so stressful, like that few days before, like, just like, you know, running around, like with a chicken with your head cut off, it felt less stressful because we had gotten a lot of the stuff done that we normally. Exactly. One thing we have been doing that's helpful. I mean, it's still chaos, but the day before we leave, we stay somewhere else. So our house is cleaned up and packed up and like the travel day, you just put it in the car and go, you know, that's really smart. Otherwise you're just running around that last day and it's awful. No, that's really smart. We've done that a couple of times, like in Europe where we would stay like right next to the hotel overnight. So that like, especially if you have like a super early flight, which I feel like a lot of them going back to the U S I don't know if you find that, but they're like early, they're like 10 o'clock in the morning. And when you're flying international, you have to get there at like seven 30. So you're up at like five 30 in the morning and like just having to do those like last minute little Oh, it's awful. Yeah. There is nothing worse. So I feel like just like knowing that it's all ready to go and you can just like jump in a cab or just whatever, it makes life so much easier. One of the golden questions everybody always asks is how many bags are people bringing with them? Like how many... (laughs) So I'm going to ask you that. (laughs) I think I have, but like, no, everyone's like, I want to know what other people like know what everyone's like doesn't know. <laughs> right. Like too many. I honestly <laughs> I think we had six this year, like obviously not including like the stroller and um car seats. Not including. Okay, so you had like eight with yeah. the stroller and the car seat. Let's see. We had I think we had the six bags, two car seats, two strollers, because I packed both. So that's what we're at 10. And then Jeff had his hockey sticks. So do you guys have help at the airport? Like how the hell are you? Cause I'm a lost cause. I'm like, I can't carry anything. Yeah. So I'm well, like... we found out you can reserve someone to help, but it was like 150 Euro. <laughs> so we just kind of all piled it on and like made the most of it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's kind of a shit show, but we, got, we did it. <laughs> when, and your youngest son is 11, right? Yes. Okay. So when was he born? He was born in March. Okay, so the boys so you, are like almost exactly two years apart. Okay, so you had like a freshy, fresh newborn flying home with a toddler with like eight to ten bags. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> did you like have help or did you, was it just the two of you? Like, how did you do this? It was just the two of us. I think I can't even remember it, to be honest. I think my mind just like forgets these things. You just black <laughs> them out. Yeah, like I do. I baby wear like all the time if, if I can when we're traveling and that helps so much. Cause it's just like one less thing, like, or person, I don't know, thing, <laughs> one less like thing you have to worry about. Cause they're just yeah. on you, you know, do you feel stressed in those situations or like, not, not really. I think I'm like, uh, maybe like calm to a fault. And then Jeff has to kind of deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, this isn't my problem. Have fun. <laughs> I'm just like, you can take over. Like I do the packing. I do like that kind of thing. A lot of it. And then Jeff can just take over like the other stuff. 
yeah he's the one like weighing bags at the end and stuff and I'm just like yeah yeah you're like my clothes are laid out yeah I've done my job yeah exactly I saw your post the other day which I told you I wanted to chat with you about but I love this idea of talking about social anxiety and what that is what that looks like so I guess my first question would be like what how would you define social anxiety yeah so for me it's just feeling like super super anxious in social situations to the point where sometimes it like prevents you from actually interacting with other people when I was a lot younger like probably like in high school I'd say like it was it wasn't like horrible but it was pretty bad but I've you know throughout college and my adult life I pretty much you know I've been able to talk myself through it and stuff but yeah sometimes when you're overseas and like those like social situations it just like comes back and you're just like almost afraid to talk to people because you don't want to say the wrong thing or you know you just feel like a little bit more anxious do you remember like where that specifically started for you was there like an incident that happened or like it's always interesting to kind of like go back and think about like, why do I feel this way in like certain situations? Cause I think I have like some of that as well, which might surprise some people, but I think yeah, there are elements of our lifestyle where you are having to constantly meet new people and it can feel like overwhelming if you are a little bit like introverted and like, aren't totally sure, I guess, like how you're being perceived, especially in different cultures. Like, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, it is kind of, I don't know, I'm from a small town, but I'm always, I've always felt like a little bit of an outsider because I, my mom's Korean, I was like the only person I think in my school who is like part Asian. So I always felt like a little bit, I don't know, just out of place, I guess. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of hard to describe, but um, I went to boarding school. And so then you kind of have to meet new people and new group of people. Yeah, I'm not really sure where it came from. I know like in college, I remember my freshman year specifically having like talking to myself like all right we're gonna go out there not gonna be shy we're gonna meet people and like having to really push push myself to kind of do that (laughs) totally yeah well because you're a little bit more like introverted right too yeah I'd say I'm like an an, I'm an extroverted introvert I think is what they say yeah (laughs) right yeah for sure I mean I feel like I'm kind of the same way like I love being around people and like that you know, charges my battery, but then I also like really have to be alone to like recharge my battery. Like there has to be like a balance. Like there's definitely times when I find myself in like a new situation. Like recently we just went to, um, in like the village that we live in, there was like a little festival and we went there and one of the guys who was there started talking to me about, and I was just kind of like, I always have this thought of like, oh, I've been in Germany for eight years with my Germans, like, especially after COVID, not being around people, it's so bad. (laughs) And I'm like embarrassed about that. So I'm like, do I try and speak to him in German? Should I just speak English? (laughs) Like, you know, I have that kind of stress always. And then it's like, part of me is kind of like, it is a thing that you don't want to be judged by these people. But at the same time, like, I might never see this person again. So what does it matter? You know, there's always that kind of pull, you know. And just having kids, I think you're forced to be a little bit more social. Do you find that that ever is like anxiety for you, like meeting other girlfriends and wives? Because I've always thought about too, because like I am outgoing, but I also think about people that can be like really shy, that that might be like really, really intimidating, you know, when you are with someone in this kind of lifestyle and like really, you just like are forced to 
have to put yourself out there, even though that could feel like extremely, like almost debilitating or like uncomfortable. Right. That's like speed dating. I think like you have to just dive in kind of get, get those relationships going, but yeah, it is a little bit. And sometimes it's like, I just feel like I don't have the energy for it. If that makes sense. Yeah. And so since I've been, well, I remember my, when I was pregnant with Danik, I just in that same city where like everything was going wrong, I just like, didn't have energy to talk to anybody. And I don't think I talk to any buddy on the team I would find like the seat that was like near nobody <laughs> I would just sit there that's okay but um it's kind of interesting we've always played on teams where um there's only one other import so like you kind of get to know them and like the, the locals or like other players on the team but I actually do enjoy getting to know those people because they're like usually are really interesting and have like good tips for things to do and you know we've like met a lot of good people that way so that's been fun yeah, I was going to ask you like how the import situation looks over there. Is it, yeah, is that like pretty common for because you guys are in the Del 3, right? Yeah, though it's called the Overleague. We're now we're in the fourth league, so it's okay. only one still. So it's okay. like, yeah, basically, even in we, when we were in Denmark, there was like one or only one or two other people. But yeah, we've always only had one other import and sometimes they're not even North American. I mean, and I think that's maybe a reason why I do so much stuff because I really like need to get out, you know, the stir crazy feeling is real. Like if, mm-hmm. if you, you really have to like force yourself and I, it's easy to get stuck in that routine. I mean, right. I still do it. I still do that here sometimes like in Idaho, like I'm just going through the motions of my day and I'm like. I need to like make, I need to like make an effort to make these plans to get outside, to see new things, because I think after a while it kind of starts to eat at you. And then when you're over away from your family and friends from back home, it's like so much more amplified. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, there's like an element of guilt. I feel like with Jeff, I mean, I'm so bored sometimes and Jeff's playing hockey. And so when he has a day off, he wants to like do nothing. Yeah. And I'm like, (laughs) all right. I have a list of things to do. Which would you like to do? He's like unimpressed with me, but <laughs> you kind of have to plan that stuff in advance though. Like Charlie will at yeah. like one o'clock PM will be like, we should go like do something. And I'm like, oh, like absolutely not. Like this needed to be planned like yesterday. And he doesn't understand exactly. like why. But I'm like, once you have kids, I'm like, this is like a lot of effort. Like, especially I don't know if the stores are closed there on Sundays, but like the stores yeah, are closed are. on Austria. I'm like, I need to like have snacks like I need to be like prepared like I don't know why I just like my brain cannot do something last minute on a day off like I have to plan in advance yeah exactly especially yeah with kids you really have to I feel like you guys are we leaving are we missing nap time when's nap time happening yeah no and then you got to coordinate like if you're driving somewhere with the nap time so that they still get a nap time so you guys can actually enjoy where you're going right because that's another thing it's like you do realize like if we leave at nine o'clock by the time we get there they're gonna have to nap and did you plan how this was gonna happen (laughs) yeah it's challenging for sure you guys I feel like also take good advantage of the breaks that you guys have in Europe any tips for planning those breaks and like finding things to do yeah um well it's definitely changed obviously since having kids but what I always like to do is I'll pick where we're going um, and then I'll kind of like go through all the lists of things to do in the area that I find and I'll pick a few that we definitely want to do. And we do those in the morning and then kind of leave like the afternoons free to kind of explore. 
and you definitely need that freedom I feel like when you you have kids because they need to go do stuff too so that's kind of how we do it and we've discovered like a lot of cool stuff just like wandering around and what's your favorite place that you've visited um with or without kids (laughs) both anything yeah um I love yeah I love the Alsace region of France that's like one of my favorite places in the world Um, what is that so it's like where Colmar is in Strasbourg it's right on the border with Germany Okay. And it's got these little like wine making villages and it's, it looks like Beauty and the Beast kind of, if you've seen. And then I also, we went to Prague last year together. That was kind of cool. It's kind of hard traveling when it's winter, you know, with children and stuff, but. You know what? We are creating like the most adaptable kids, I feel like, because they just, they have no other choice, but to go with the flow and just travel and go on these long airplane rides they don't really know what's going on I'm sure as they get older they probably start to like realize and anticipate which actually just made me think of a question but is that does Danik now is he pretty easygoing with that or is he giving you any pushback and like kind of feeling some type of way about having to leave he for the most part like he really enjoys it we always try and talk about like cool things to see that we're going to see or we're going to do when we're over here so he really enjoys that aspect of it probably keeps like, asking you a million yeah, times like, <laughs> there's like this uh nickelodeon like um amusement park here and there's a paw patrol thing and we told him we would go there and he's been asking like every day so <laughs> Yeah. One of these days, like soon we have to get, we have to go there. But Sorry, yeah, Jeff, just, on an off day. <laughs> right. So when yeah. he is in school, are there teachers there that speak English that can communicate? Cause like, I think something that kind of is in the back of my mind and I don't know how your boys are, were um, like Crosby's a little bit delayed, like with his speech, like he doesn't have the whatever average like words or whatever. So yeah. it's, it's something that I think about. Cause I'm like, okay, like he's already a little delayed and then we're going to go to Austria where they speak German and I'm going to put him in school. And like, it kind of makes me, I think it's really cool that he could learn another language, but I'm also like, he needs to learn like our language too. Like just because I need someone to like help speak to him in English and stuff. So I'm like, or I thought about that recently, just like, how does that work? Uh, Danik was in um, like it's called Crippa, like kindergarten when mm-hmm. he was probably around Crosby's age. Oh, he was a year and a half when he started and he spoke like a little bit, a little bit, but like not much, but he picked up German pretty well. Like he could understand it. And then this past year, um, he was like speaking German and he would like say stuff at our house. And I'm like, <laughs> sometimes I have to record <laughs> him and like send it to our German friends and be like, Hey, can you tell me what my, my child is saying? <laughs> But um, he didn't, there wasn't like a language delay or anything like because of that. So that was good. And like his teacher said that because last year he didn't really have an English speaking teacher. Like if they needed something, they'd have to like look it up. And, but they said that his best friend was like a Slovakian kid and they would just speak in their own languages and like play together. I feel like all kids catch up, but it's just something that, you know, he doesn't necessarily have like the reason, like talking about Crosby but he doesn't necessarily have the resources he could have here like if he was in a daycare with someone speaking so we can understand him and he can like start to build his language but it's like I don't know I feel like not guilty but just kind of gosh I kind of wish someone could help with like our primary language just because that's what we speak (laughs) 
I know like there's some like international schools sometimes if you're in a bigger city. I know they have those like international preschools that have English. Yeah, that's so true. Thing to look into. I know they have that in Vienna, but um, there's a lot of smaller towns in like the Del 3, Del 4, like Del 2 also, yeah. like just like smaller German towns. So like it's, you're not right. going to run into like probably a lot of international like speaking yeah. teachers, which I totally understand, like we're in their country and everything like that. But yeah, it's yeah. just so diff- so different everywhere you go. Right, exactly. What advice would you give to someone that might be going overseas for the first time or maybe like going overseas with their kids for the first time, how to really like embrace the culture and lean into the lifestyle? I'd say the biggest thing is we'll be open, obviously, but also like ask questions because it's really easy to go to a different country and be frustrated with how things are different. But I find that um, asking questions like, why is it like that? You kind of can understand and embrace things differently. Um, just like an example, I remember in Denmark, we could not for the life of us figure out why we had to ask for the check for our meal every single time. <laughs> and I think that's something that everyone experiences when they go overseas, if you're like American. And I remember finally, we were, we were talking to one of our servers and I, we were like, not to be rude, we're not trying to be offensive, but like, why do we have to ask for our bill every time? Like, why don't you guys just bring it to us? And they were like, well, that's rude to just bring it to you. That means we're trying to kick you out of the restaurant and we want you to sit and enjoy your meal. Just like something like that. Sounds so simple. And we were like, oh. And then we realized like in reflection, like, oh, we do just eat really fast and leave. We don't actually like sit and enjoy and relax. Yeah. So then that gives you like a new perspective on things, right? So then something that was frustrating now becomes something that like you've learned from it and you can now enjoy it, if that makes sense. No, I love that. That's yeah. really cool. Um, Vienna, like if you ever make a reservation, they're like, okay, like you can have this reservation from three to five. I'm like, oh, we're going to be in and out within like right? five minutes. Like we have, we have a kid with us. We got to just eat and go. But right. I mean, it, it, that is like a really cool thing that they do. Cause they do really value like, you know, sitting down and having that quality time where I feel like here it's like convenience and like getting what you want and going, unless it's like you're kind of like catching up with people. But I feel like that's a cool reminder and way, you know, for families to sit down and embrace that being curious and, and wanting to learn because it is easy to, it is easy to get frustrated. And that's not to say you can't get frustrated, but just wanting to learn and, and understand is is the first step. Right. And then I guess another thing too, it just, something that I'm learning with, especially with children, um, is that even though we're only here for like a short period of time, you're still part of the community that you live in. Right. So just like you're part of your community back home, you're still part of this community. So like try and seek out opportunities that makes it feel like you belong here. If that makes sense. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. If someone wants to reach out to you, where can they find you? You can plug any Instagram or anything else that comes to mind find me. My Instagram is Anessa Smith. Perfect. That's probably the best way. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, Devin.